Welcome to the Centre Pass podcast brought to you by Netball Draft Central. My name is Jared Gardner and I'm joined as always by Taylor Mulkey and it's Sophie Taylor. Well, Taylor, the Netball year is finally over and uh, the Aussies capped it off with a Constellation Cup win over arch rivals Silver Ferns. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of consolation for the events that happened earlier in the year uh, for us losing the World Cup. So I'm glad we ended on a high, but I think for the Diamonds as a whole, there's still plenty of improvement that needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. And it'll be a big few years to come in the netball world. Uh, Sophie, I hate to bring the mood down straight away, but um, a favourite of yours, Katie Thwaites, retiring from international netball. Um, A great career for her, but uh, time to hang up with the brutes, I guess. Yeah, I was... I don't want to say I was shocked, but I was definitely surprised by the announcement. I mean, I personally don't think she's anywhere near um, that retirement stage, but I guess it's the whole thing of wanting to go out on a high, letting in some new um, youth into the into the Aussie team. So we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know who they'd bring in because I personally don't think someone like Kara Conan would be up to the standard yet. Uh, and in reality, they'd need to bring in another another goal shooter. So yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I think we'll have a, a, a chat. A, yeah. I think we'll have a bit of a chat about that a little bit later. Uh, but first of all, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll wrap up the Constellation Cup that has happened since our last episode. Um, so the second game of the series, it was the Aussies who got a six goal win, uh, 48 to 42 over the Silver Ferns. And then the Ferns came back, came over to Australia and um, won the third game uh, by one goal once again. And then in the final game, the Aussies just needed to win it basically to, to take home the Constellation Cup and they did it pretty convincingly in the end by seven goals, 53 goals to 46. Um, overall, an up and down series for the Aussies, but as you said, it's probably a good consolation to to, find, to get that win and, and finish off 2019. Yeah, I just, I don't know how to feel about it, to be perfectly honest, because I think that our best is good and our worst is is pretty horrible. And I that sounds pretty harsh but when you look at things we gave up a what a six or seven goal lead in that third game to lose by one goal so that's not really something that we want to we want to brag about it's not something that you know we really want to promote and it's something that definitely needs to be looked at because yet again the silver ferns showed that if they put enough pressure on the diamonds will collapse and I think that also happened with the amount of changes they weren't changes made because they needed they weren't changes made because we wanted to make the changes. They were changes made because something needed something needed to give. So I think that also unsettled the diamonds. And I yeah, just the one goal margins. I I'll harp on it and I'll, I'll continue to harp on it. It's just something that needs to be looked at because we can't be giving up big leads and then going down by a goal. And then you look at the next game as well. We had something like fifteen goal lead at one point. It was thirteen or nine yeah, goals at to, different changes. Goals. Yep. But the the extent of that lead that never should have come down to a closer margin and it, and it was just painful watching yeah. it just go down and down and I think what the real issue is at the moment is that the Aussies don't know how to win under pressure 
So they can pile on the goals early, but as soon as the pressure is piled on back to them, they actually completely collapse. And so the defensive pressure across the second, uh, the two last games in the first half was phenomenal. We've seen some really great stuff from all the defenders, uh, but then the second half, it's almost like they switch off and they don't know what to do with their bodies. They don't know how to use the space and. It's just – it's very interesting and it's it's quite frustrating to watch. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a tough series because you just kind of never know – never knew what diamond side was going to turn up and you kind of look at – I'll go back to the third game of the series now where where we have a, um, a, a lead at half time, win the first two quarters uh, and you, you're looking pretty comfortable going to half time and then once that pressure does, does hit and the Silver Ferns do kind of get a bit of a roll on, there just was no answer and – um, it's, it's really hard because you can't say, well, this is the moment that changed the game or these are the things that uh, New Zealand did well. It was just kind of that overall pressure that they brought across the court and there was just no way the Aussies were getting through it. And I think the main thing for the Ferns is actually their ability to shoot from anywhere. And I think that costs the Diamonds time and time again because early in that first in the in the third game the defenders were right on top of them they were clogging up space but once they kind of just switched off or got a little bit tired Ekanazio and Falao just went to town and they kind of just took control and they backed themselves from wherever they were in the circle and it doesn't matter if they're not under the post so positioning for them is not a concern so therefore they were actually able to do their damage wherever they wanted and then the diamonds had no answers for that they couldn't they simply could not stop that attacking pressure. Whereas up the other end, as soon as the Ferns defenders, I think it was Watson and and um, I think it was Berger, they both, you know, as soon as they applied that physical pressure, the diamond shooters couldn't, they couldn't get off the body. They couldn't get to the post, which is where they're most lethal and that's where they're only going to shoot from. Yeah, and that's the issue because all, well, I don't want to say all, the two shooters who are really our starting shooters, so Bassett and um, Tippett, Tall Towers, they're both fantastic in their own right, but there's the main issue of them not being able to shoot from distance. And Tippett has shown in the past that she can if she has to, um, and she just needs the confidence to do so. But what New Zealand is so good at is is uh, confusing the space and making it really difficult for players to play their own game. So what the Diamonds were doing is they were really playing right into New Zealand's pocket and basically letting them take the ball from them. And we saw some really great patch patches across the four games and probably the last game was where we got the most um, – uh, probably we saw the best from Caitlin Bassett even this whole year. I'd, I'd personally say it's her best performance since she broke her wrist. Um but at the end of the day, we shouldn't be waiting until the last game of a series for that kind of performance to come out. We want to be putting on these performances regularly. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. And um, you just kind of look at that last game of the series and you, you look at the first half and 16 goals to seven in the first quarter and then 15 to 11 in the second. So you're going into half time with what's that, a 13 goal lead on the Silver Ferns. So it's just, we can do it. We can blow this team out of the water and they're not as invincible as they like as they seem to be when we when we played against them before. But there's just they're not the Aussies just aren't able to do it consistently enough. And I guess they're still trying to find the combination of, of seven that works because there's been so many changes throughout this diamond side over, over probably the past two years that 
there's no real set starting seven that we can go to when time gets tough and say, get out on the court, do your thing. But so it's, it's a bit of, that's, that's the one room of imp- like one area of improvement for me is that we need to find a starting seven that we can just go to at any, any time. I think what's really key in that, and I know Taylor's <laughs> thinking of saying the same thing, is we don't have a starting oh, centre. Thank you. Someone <laughs> finally said it because I was about to say it again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, it's painful. Lizzie Watson is great and all, but I've said it before, I'll say it again. What's the point of taking essentially one of the best wing attacks in the world out of her best position. And then you have her playing on Laura Langman, who is an absolute obviously gun. an absolute gun. And so we were just lucky that Laura Langman wasn't having a good one in the start of this, in the start of the last match, because that's really the only thing that stopped the Ferns from getting those constant goals on the board. Every time that Langman has a good game, they win. You look at... or. Any side, though, because you look at the, yeah. the Lightning game, the Lightning v. Swifts game, the first final. She came out within the first, like, 30 seconds, got an intercept. She really sparked her side. They went on to win that game quite convincingly. And it was the same with the third game um, in the Constellation Cup. I think it was uh, the third quarter. She came out. She got two intercepts straight off the centre pass, and then that kind of sparked them up again. And then that's kind of – she's the real barometer for the side, and people – don't realise how much, or I think they do, but you just don't realise how much she does and how much she gives that side. And like you were saying, Soph, you take Liz Watson out of her best position. Not that she's a bad centre. She's a great centre. But is she on the same level as Langman? No. she Langman's elite and in that position, whereas, you know, Watson's elite in wing attack, but she's not elite in centre. And you can see throughout the game she tires, which is understandable because she's got an extra third to work with as compared as compared to normal. Well, one thing that I thought was really interesting is across all four games, actually, whenever Braz was on court, when Braz was able to take on Langman when she was in wing defence, that's when the Aussie defence units actually worked really well. So what would happen is um, whoever was in wing attack, Saunders or Crampton, uh, Liz Watson would take them on when they were in the defensive end. And, uh, yeah, Langman would be kind of one-on-one with Braz, which was really interesting. And then that kind of set up Braz coming into centre in the last game, which I thought was a change that needed to happen. So I was very happy with that. And obviously Braz is an absolute jet and has proved that she can be that star player in centre. But again, she's not a typical centre in that way. However, she does have the endurance base because of her footy background. So at least that is – not that I'm saying Lizzie Watson doesn't have the endurance, but when you compare the pair – you'd say that Braz is probably that little bit fitter and has that little bit more athleticism to match Langman in that regard. But, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Yeah. I'd say it would also kind of come down to the confidence of the game itself, if that makes sense. So Lizzie Watson will stand up when she's already having a great game. Braz can be a game changer. And that's, I think, a key difference between wing attack and wing defence in, in any game because – the wing defence has to stand up and do something and be like, no, you know what, I'm going to make this call. We're going to do this now. The wing attack just has to feed into the circle. So I think, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's, it's a really tough one because I kind of look at this, the diamond squads we've had over the last few years and um, they've brought in Kelsey Brown and it's another wing attack and then Kelsey Brown goes out and Laura Sherrion comes in, so it's another wing attack. So you're bringing in these players who are playing the same position as Liz Watson, so it almost forces Watson to, to play centre, which, as we said, it's 
like it's a it's a position she can play and she played in Irvixen's premiership as a, as a center. So she's Yeah, but how many years ago was yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. She's she's a wing attack now and a wing attack is her best position and as you said, I wouldn't even go to say one of the best. I'd say she's the best wing attack in the world. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to bring her out of her position just because the players on the bench are wing attacks. So it, it's a tough one to work out because we're going to need to find a starting center and if it is Braz then that's great but um, we're going to need to find just that combination that's going to work because the midcourt has just been just a really strange one over over World Cup. And, and now it's just we can't find that combination that just is going to click. And um, I think, yeah, it's it's going to be one that they'll have to look at yeah, I in think, the well, next year. Sorry, I cut in a little bit too early. Yeah. But I think it's been their Achilles heel, like you said, is that, you know, well, maybe the attacking end will be like wing attack centre, that'll be set. And then wing defence will be a little yeah. bit unsettled. Or then they'll settle the wing defence centre and then wing attacks unsettled. Yeah. So it's it's somehow miraculously finding the exact combination that will work really well. And more importantly, just flow across the court because sometimes you can see that they're so stagnant or they don't know how to move together. And then that again kind of upsets the diamonds as a whole. But you know what I think, and I this may be contentious, but I really think that this lineup is miles better than the lineup we had earlier in the, in the year. Yeah. I think that the lineup that we've used for the Constellation Cup and how we've rotated players um, has worked better than what we did with the World Cup. And obviously it's a completely different tournament. World Cup, you're resting players because you've got so many in a certain time. But I still think that we're getting a higher quality gameplay out of the Diamonds now when they're playing these these constantly pressurised games against New Zealand than when we're playing these big blowout matches against unranked countries, basically. And so it's it's frustrating that we're so close to New Zealand, but it's also a really good sign because I think if we had used the lineup that we had earlier on in the year and Constellation Cup was right after World Cup, I don't think we would have won any of those games because New Zealand are just so strong at the moment. I think we've just been lucky to pick up patches of where they're having slow moments. Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting one to go into, the, like looking into 2020 and looking into future um, international series because it's just... So it's always been a great rivalry, a rivalry between the Diamonds and Silver Ferns, but um, there's just going to be so much on the line every series from from here on in for the next few years because both teams are, are still kind of looking to establish themselves once again because New Zealand obviously went through that rebuilding phase and got Nolan Tarua to come in and, and just revitalised them and got them to a World Cup win, but then you kind of look at the age of some of their players and Folau and Langman, they haven't got that many years left, so what's going to happen after they retire, are they going to bring in young players now to kind of blood them and, and get them ready for when that happens? But And with the Diamonds, as we've kind of alluded to, Thwaites is retiring, so we have to find a, a new goal shooter, a new backup goal shooter to Caitlin Bassett. And you kind of, I think we've got a, a pretty young core, um, but when the time does come for some of these players to retire, who are the next in line? But that being said... If there was any time when it would be a good time for Thwaites to retire during the year from the Diamonds, this would be it. Because now they can actually go, hey, we need someone to step up. So everyone will, A, be actually putting in the full effort going, hey, I can actually get a spot in this Diamonds team. They've thought for years that they wouldn't be able to for a while. Um, This is a really good opportunity. And 
there's not another international game for a little while. We're not playing in the quad series, um, which, which is, is weird, weird in itself. But you know. um, yeah, we're not playing in the quad series. There's no fast five, obviously. Um, so we've got time to actually blood up a new goaler, even if they're not getting straight on, out onto the court, get them training with the team, get them training with the players and just get them right into it from the get-go because now's really the best chance to do it before next year. Well, we'll kind of look ahead and, and when the next Diamond Series does come up and we're looking at team selection, what do you think the selectors are going to do? I know it's a long way ahead and we can't tell what's going to happen in between now and then, but do they go with a combination of Bassett, Tippett, Steph Wood and Tegan Phillip and kind of change it up a little bit and maybe throw Tippett into goal shooter at times or just do something different or Must have do read they, my mind, yeah, do, do they blood one of their young players like Akara Cohen and a Sophie Garbin who are probably going to be the shooters of the future and do they get him into the side now and get them a bit of experience or is it a bit too early for that? I think it's a really tricky one. Sorry, I got you just no, before you're right. about to start. <laughs> um, because I think that Sophie Garbin has shown glimpses where she can be a really good player, but I don't think she's at diamond standard yet. And I think maybe another season of SSN will get her that little bit more, I think, game and match fitness, game yeah. awareness, and um, really ho- allow her to hone in her craft. Yeah, but also the, the problem with that is she's behind Sam Wallace. Say, that was what I was but so she saying. sits behind Sam yeah. Wallace. So I don't know if the Diamonds will be like, hey, you know, I'm going to give you a chance when she hasn't really had the chance at SSN level. So if anyone is a, is a possibility, I'd say Kara Conan. But then I bring the question of if you have Conan, Bassett and Tippett, that's three talls and a very limited movement. Yeah. Which we've Although seen. Although Conan does move Conan more. does move and, and so does Tippett. But essentially, I mean, we've also seen that Conan can go out to goal attack for periods of time. But essentially, we've also seen that tall timbers in the circle for the diamond doesn't always work because then they end up getting on top of each other and they play a very similar way. And Conan, again, doesn't shoot from a long range. She's another one who's right at the post. At least mid-range. I mean, she'll push mid-range, but she won't won't go much further than that. So, but then also I bring up the question of, do you bring Tegan Phillip back in? Because... This will sound very harsh. I just don't know if she's an international player. I think she's an exceptional SSM player. She can stand up when she needs to, but when the pressure is really on, she often goes missing. And for a Diamonds team, we cannot afford to have players go missing. So that's that's my other question. I felt like what was interesting with Tegan Phillip was she played really well, but she just could not shoot. She lost all the confidence going to for post. the shot. Yeah. But she was actually quite good with the movement stuff, and that's... I mean, I'm not surprised. She's a fantastic mover and she's got the footwork and the um, agility and the speed to match. But, yeah, she just could not seem to get accuracy to post, which was a real frustrating thing for the Diamonds and that's clearly why she didn't get the game time. So I question where they would bring her in. I'd say they'd probably swap Steph Wood back in. Oh, of course. Um, And then... Because at the end of the day... But you still have one spot, so who are you yeah, giving it to? Yeah, we still have a spare spot. So I'd say, again, they'd bring in another another young goaler. But, I but mean, who? would they bring in yeah. someone like Kira Austin as well? Austin is another good player, but she's another oh, wing attack. I was going to say, yeah. another wing it's, attack. It's one that, well, Austin's one that is unlike any of the others because she is a goaler that can play wing attack, which is 
not I mean, like, in reality, yeah. all goalers can play wing attack. Well, they can, but <laughs> not not at the elite level. They they just don't do it. Whereas yeah. Austin, we've Has, seen her yeah. play wing attack, yeah, play goal attack in can, her yeah. in her time at the Giants. But then that brings up the question: yeah, at the Giants with a shooting circle of Bassett and Harton, like she's not she's getting not she's getting not getting that game time experience. as a shooter. Yeah. So it's it's uh, there's just so many what possibilities <laughs> and, and yeah, what ifs that that could happen with this side, but. Um, the Thwaites retirement is going to force the, the selector's hand and uh, have to, they have to make a decision and, and decide what they want to do with the future of this Diamond squad. Um, that is about all where we've got for the Constellation Cup. We're going to move on, and this is our last episode for 2019. There's obviously no netball happening in between now and the new year um, with the Diamonds, obviously, but we'll look ahead very early predictions to the 2020 Super Netball season. And as we've said in previous episodes, team lists have been finalised and obviously not as much player movement as there was in the 2018 transfer period, but um, some big moves and some very early predictions for the 2020 season. We're going to get a, a grand final from all three of us and one player or team to, to look out for in the 2020 season. Taylor, we'll start with you. Oh, I was uh, hoping you'd start with <laughs> No, we'll just go we'll just go around the table. Uh, a grand final prediction? Um, I'm going Swift and I'm going to say Magpies because I'm biased and I really want them to get in the grand final, but also because I think that they showed that they they have glimpses of brilliance and if they can actually hone that in, then they could be a really unstoppable force, especially with like the combination of Medhurst and Nelson going forward. And a, a player or a team to watch in, in 2020? Uh, this is also bias. Uh, Queensland Firebirds. I'm a big Firebirds fan, always have been. And I really think that the likes of Kim Jenner and, and Tara Hinchliffe are, are in for a really big 2020. That sounds so weird saying <laughs> that. And I think that, yeah, that their whole defensive unit could be something really exciting and a team that might be, you know, a bit innovative and, and different. And Sophie, what about you? Oh, no. Okay. So grand final prediction, I'm going to do a Taylor and go bias and go Vixens. Um, but I'm tossing up between Swifts and Lightning because Lightning have proven they've got an absolute all-star team, but they're losing Nolene Tarua. Um that being said, the Swifts just won the grand final. So yeah. like, I think, I think I'll go Swifts. Why not? Melbourne uh, versus Sydney. It's and always fun. A player or team to watch? Um, I'm, I think a team to watch, I'd say Magpies. I think they had, like we've said, they had some really great patches towards the end of the season. And especially some of the changes that they made around the court were really smart and done really well. So I think that would be my team to watch, but player to watch, I'd want to see how someone like Kate Eddy can switch up the Vixens because obviously she she plays that similar style as in the Vixens and Swifts have played a similar style, but she also plays with a little bit of um, a little bit of pizzazz, you know. It's something that the Vixens have been missing. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really keen to see what she can do. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a real interesting one just because of the role she has to fill with Renee Ingalls leaving the Vixens. Uh, for me, I'm going to say the Vixens and I think the Lightning in the grand final. I think the Lightning are just, they just haven't lost anything. in. Like they're going to lose title, obviously, but 
on court, they've got basically the same ten players. Well, they have the same. Yeah, they've got the same. They've got the same ten players as they um, had in twenty nineteen, and I think they're going to be hurting after a grand final loss, and I think they're going to come back really strong and um, make another grand final. So. uh, a, a great achievement if they can do that at making yeah, four what, grand four finals in, in, <laughs> in four years of Suncorp Super Netball. Um, I'm going to go similar to your pick, Taylor. I'm going to have a look at the, thi- the Firebirds, but looking more towards their midcourt, and I'm looking at a player like Gemma Mai Mai. I think she can Ooh, have yep. a really big 2020 season, and I think you kind of look at the midcourt that they've got and kind of the whole team that they've got, it's really young, and I think they need someone to really step up in that midcourt and take control of that team. And I think my is probably the one um, that will do it. Um, I reckon that's a really good one. I think that she's she's a very exciting prospect for the Firebirds, and if you know she can really uh, have an impact for four quarters, it could be a really exciting midcourt for the Firebirds. That is all we have time for on the Center Pass podcast for this week and this year. Um, any final thoughts from the two of you on the twenty nineteen season? I thought it was a really awesome season. I thought it has been one of the best seasons we've seen in a long time. I mean, the closeness of the competition was insane. Uh, And I mean, I hope that there aren't as many draws next year, but also looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it was a a roller coaster season, like you said. And I think that next year, I'm kind of looking forward to a little bit more consistency. We won't have that World Cup in the middle, which kind of divided the season a little bit and, you know, threw teams out of kilter Um, a bit because they have players coming back here and there. But I think overall, yeah, this season was a really good season for Suncorp Super Netball and it really showcased the elite talent that there is across the world. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's going to be leading into an, an awesome 2020 season. Um, thanks, to, thanks to everyone who has listened over the past year. It's been great to kind of expand our um, listener base o- over the past year and it's been great. Thanks to Draft Central for having us on the platform this year. Um, that is all we have time for and we'll speak to you in 2020.